Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew. I, as always, I have my two co's here, Ryan. That's right, bitch. I'm everywhere. And Scott. I'm every when. Ooh. Hmm. Is everywhere also every when? Together we form Yog Sothoth. <laughs> <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Yum. Meow. What? Sorry, I had to take a drink. So it's good to have you guys back in the studio. We had a one hell of a great interview last time with Ian and Steve. It was fantastic, and I am super happy about Aberrant. Yeah, Aberrant's pretty fucking good. Um, it, man, okay. Ooh, analysis paralysis. That's a problem. It's so fiddly. There's so a lot of fiddles yeah, in that system. Um, they've released, by this point, um, a couple things. They have released three main um preview scripts for mm-hmm. the backers and the, all which are basically character creation and the powers mm-hmm. and there's a lot to take in and me and scott and a few others are sort of digesting all of it so still is it just completely divergent from what we've already seen in aeon or no it's not i mean the, it's still core story path system uh and it, it has a lot of the bones of first edition aberrant but it is also very clear that the guy who did Mutes and Masterminds did this. Yeah. Because um, very much did. Yeah. Things it's, are a lot more modular. So the first thing you need to know is you're going to need a D20. No, <laughs> no, 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 you're not. Thank God. Oh, God. Do not, uh, do not speak that name. One D20. Yeah. No, he, Um. I mean, it is incredibly modular. You can get, you can get in the guts of the power system and build exactly what you want. I see. Uh, but it, it takes a lot to do that. You're gonna, you're and gonna X, be. And XP about it. doesn't go as far as you think it does. No, they're, they're, they're. Again, this is all very much pre, have not very heavily play tested, though they have done some. When we see the actual first PDF of this thing, there's gonna be a lot of revisions. There's gonna be a lot of tweaks and adjustments, clarifications, and clarifications. Because they've already done that with Trinity. I went back and looked at Aeon. They have altered some of the more broke ass combinations and made them a little bit better, a little more, a little more streamlined. Yeah, apparently, if you're listening to our Aeon playthrough, uh, the that uh, the power that uh, Matthew uses to never get hit. Uh, got got nice and kneecapped. Uh, but it's still very useful. It's it so is. useful. It's just not painfully broken by the last fight. You'll understand <laughs> just how insane. Well, I literally had to start coming up with show to like, all right, I just need to attack him in ways that don't deal with the fence. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we had to do stuff that's like your soft. Uh, it's like Scott just like your soft armor doesn't matter. Like, well, oh, fair there, enough. There were, no, pa- there, were, there were powers that dealt with that. Uh, well, because the thing, is, the thing is, you did was not soft armor. That was the kicker. The, the, what the power is talking about defense. is, like, I would roll and I could add things, not to my defense, mm-hmm. but to my increased difficulty to hurt me with the damage stun. With stunt. the damage stun, yeah. And so that wasn't soft armor. So things that say you don't get your soft armor didn't apply. Mm-hmm. So that means, like, at some fights, I'm like, hey, I have a soft armor, quote unquote, F like 30. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I'm just not going to hurt you, but I got to do other things to you. But they made it much better. They were just like, oh, activate it. You get your mode and just to your defense. I'm like, yep, that that's is a lot so better. much that's better. Super reasonable. That, I wonder if that stacks with the, the teleportation blink. Uh, that does the same yes, thing. Yes, it does. It would. It's pretty good. Well, you have to roll through a blink. Uh, uh, the blink one is you have yeah, to roll. It's a defensive roll, roll still. It, yeah. It's basically just a, 
oh, you can use your Psy as your defense pool rather mm-hmm. than your, your resilience. You can use your Psy and you move a range band if you... Yeah. If you, if you port. You can, pay, you can pave to port around. But anyway. But anyways, uh, it's really cool. They're doing gangbusters. They're they're almost to $100,000. We're hoping to get that because that means we get a bigger art budget. So if you haven't backed it, it's got about a week left from recording date. And if I back it now, I still get the, the, the manuscripts and get stuff? Get the manuscripts for five bucks. That's all. You just give them five bucks, you'll get all the manuscripts. I'll probably do that when I um, um, and there's a lot of add-ons. Unfortunately, I found out I couldn't add on the thing I want to add on because I'm not getting one of the hardback books. Yeah, you are. From you, not... So, I want a GM screen. I can't... Unless you want to add a GM screen. To, okay, never mind. When uh, it comes pro- time to do all those add-ons, I'll fucking get you a um, GM screen, dude. Audience, crisis averted. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, we yeah were the pay-to-print we pr- we thing, man. Yeah, we were going to have that conversation when, when, it, when it was time. <laughs> I wanted to give them more money just because I want some more cool stuff and I want to back them. I mean, yeah. Because I'd like to see 200%, honestly. I'd love to see that nice, nice big chunk. I think they're already at that. They're, no, no, 300%, sorry. Yeah. 300%. Yeah, well, uh, I want to see more supplemental stuff. Like, I want more. I mean, they, they've got, like, the Nova Compendium. They've got uh, the wrestling supplement, which yeah. is going to be funny. Yep. Uh, and they're going to have the, um, uh, like, uh, I think they're, yeah, they started the Introductory Adventurers. Uh, but I want... Oh yeah, that I want more sweet, sweet setting material. Yeah, introductory adventures are actually super useful for a system that yeah. people haven't really put their teeth into very much. Because anything where it's like it holds your hand through, like here's how this whole thing works. Uh, um, just to let everyone know, um, Matthew Dawkins and Ian Watson have been extremely uh, diligent at being very communicative with the audience. They've been doing a lot of live chats, live Q and As about aberrant, and as well as just Onyx Path stuff in general. So you can definitely look up on YouTube for Onyx Path stuff, and they can answer a lot, probably a lot more specific questions because they've they fielded a lot of different questions that oh, yeah. we never got in our interview or anyone else's interview so definitely look that out i'll have a look but, at the show notes. Uh, i want i don't know if this this made it into the interview or not uh but i want whatever stretch goal gets us more duke rollo which one was that again duke rollo was the hunter s thompson knockoff oh yeah <laughs> I, there was the, he was the, he had his own book in first edition yes and he had some shit in the core book I want more Gonzo superhero shit. Yeah. So, uh, so does he just like stumble in drunk and mm-hmm. on and on acid and yeah, just he, like he becomes the, the story. Yeah. The acid the acid takes hold and there and now everyone else is in terrible danger. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's all really good. A lot of good backing stuff. I'm looking for the Nova Compendium because that's actually what I've been doing through the rule book. I printed it out. I've read through like every entry that they do because they talk mm-hmm. about all the various Novas and non Novas and that's basically what that Compendium is going mm-hmm. to do. Is plus that. It's got plus stats, plus a lot more info about them and what they're doing. You know, I've, you know, one thing that I've I've been kind of I've been waiting for, and I'm surprised hasn't happened yet. I'm really surprised no one has taken the shot when I tried to get the rights for for an SCP tabletop RPG. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because they've tried video. They've tried video games. Always fails. Oh. But I think that it. I think that it kind of lends itself to being. Oh yeah. To a tabletop situation because it's a good horror setting. It it mm-hmm. it goes scale from like very very small to you know reality ending. I read the one about the banana pill today. I did not. I've not read them in a while. I usually listen to the well, exploring yeah, yeah, series I, ones. I, I listened to the to the one about the banana you, pill. You do the Volgan or Volgan? Yeah, I, I, it's just whatever comes up on my. I, I like the Volgan. He does a lot of work to put the. Uh, you guys will need to have a link so that our audience can yeah. follow along with the conversation. Uh, just so you know, the banana pill one. And it's a pill. Uh, that its intent is to give you radi- radiation poisoning uh, by manifesting uh, 
just a ridiculous number of bananas in your stomach because the bananas naturally have a very, very small amount of uh, radioactive isotope of potassium in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an, it was supposed to it's supposed to give you that that radiation poisoning. What it do, really does is make you explode because of bananas. That sounds like a Doctor Wondertainment item. It might be. Uh, sorry, folks. For anyone who doesn't know, the SCP is a Secure Contain Protect Foundation, which is a online uh, living creepy pasta. It like, started out as creepy pasta, but now it's it's kind of its own thing. It's still creepy pasta, but it's a very specific format. With its own sort of mythos, mythos. Yeah, mythos. Yeah, mythos and, yeah. and, and you know its own terminology and stuff, and it's very interesting. I would strongly suggest giving it a look see. It's kind of not the look see though. Don't don't look at it. <laughs> I I love that you're like oh the look see, and I'm like oh, you mean no not the, he's not one of them, but oh. he should be. <laughs> if you cannot uh, release, then you have to leave a piece. Oh okay, God. Um, uh, gross. But we'll definitely have some more news come Gen Con, which is mm-hmm. our next episode. Yep. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a report from Gen Con. Oh maybe. yes, 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 yes. But something. that's for a later date. What? Yeah. Right now, I think we should probably dive into our topic. Uh, actually, I want to go over. I got a. I got a few things I want to talk about. One is which I went to the Southern Fried Expo recently, and uh, it was rad. If you're local to Atlanta, every year the Southern Fried Expo has been going on. They do a lot of pinball and video games, but they do a lot Ooh, of pinball. board gaming, tabletop. Um, it was super fun. So I expect me to at least visit, if not try to be there next year. So check it out, everyone. Uh, I met a person that I think everyone should look in. I'll have a link to her website. Her name's Colin Finn. She literally designs and teaches classes on board game design huh. and does a couple online stuff. She is an incredibly smart, insightful woman, and I want everyone to sort of uh, advocate for her some more. So Introduce her to Jeremy. He'd like, he'd like that shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, So, yeah, now we can go on to the rest of it. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. I apologize for interrupting, but there was a bit of news that I forgot to record in the main show. Some big news, actually. We're going to be officially at DragonCon. That is correct. The schedule is locked and loaded. So on August 31st at 4 p.m. in room Galleria 7 in the Hilton, we're going to have a panel about running a role-playing campaign. We're going to have a few other individuals from various podcasts like Pokemon Go, Blood Crow Stories, and Botched. It's going to be a hell of a good time, so come on out. Again, that's August 31st, 4 p.m., Galleria 7 in the Hilton. Be there or be square. Now back on with your show. Gather all ye faithful. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to talk about some stuff. Yes. Uh, indeed. So our topic for uh, this evening uh, is religion in games, both in and out of play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, a lot of games have a lot of religion in it. Uh, a lot of it fake. Some of it real. Uh, some of it real fake. Uh, some of it it's, fake real. If some fa- I knew you were going to say that. Some fake real. Uh, but it's it's a it's a topic that gets bandied around. I mean, anything from your super fantasy religions in D anD D to uh, things like uh, the uh, religions in like uh, Vampire the Requiem. Yeah. Uh, like the Testament of Longinus uh, and uh, the Circle of the Crone. And then yeah. there's a nominee. And then there's a nominee where you're just, you know, you just know, angels. just angels and demons. Yeah, and even they, and even they, they have questions about faith and what it means and, and what God is, yeah, what God is. Cause they don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, there's all sorts of things. Uh, also, there's an know. entire game about it. It's called Scion. <laughs> also, I, I know, I know that Scott and I are mean atheist people, oh, big time. but I will do my best to be very polite about this topic because you know, 
I'm a professional, goddammit. Indeed. Uh, but also on, on that topic, because sometimes you actually pay, play with people who are have, have religious faith. And that can sometimes, not all the times, but it can be an obstacle or something that you have to maneuver around. You have to talk about that. You have, you have to, to talk to, about it. Like, and, you know. and unfortunately, talking about faith can, for a group, especially if it's a new group, can be a little touchy. You don't know how to... Communicate because it still falls under the hey, are there any topics you really, yeah. really don't want to touch on? Something something assassin Jiro can take a part in. I mean, uh, yeah, it's like, hey, maybe don't have the maybe don't have the priest of Lathander being secretly a child molester. Don't yeah, 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 let's just not do that. that. I think that's beyond just the faith I aspect. Think we, I don't think we need the, that. Do we need that story <laughs> told? No, we don't need that story told. Um general generally you don't want to go there in D D. Yeah, there's um, no need for that nonsense. Generally don't want to go there at all. I mean, you know, if if you're working through some trauma, uh, and it's called a therapist. I mean, that it exists. Just yeah, talk, I know. But yes, there's lots of fake fades that you have to contend with, and you yeah. have to make and some and the most of the time, like that I've come up against this particular issue is in our the very fake fades of Dungeons and Dragons when you would have in the olden days. Where paladins would exist, Chad Oof. the pa- Chad the paladin comes out of this particular topic, like the heyday of D anD D and what paladins could do because they had a distinct ability called detect evil, evil. and also a, a you know an alignment requirement that they had they had to do the smites they had and you know they yep. they have to be faithful of a god and clerics too mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it made things a little difficult if you were one of a goodly pantheon or something and your party did anything at all that might go against that yeah uh so i mean l- luckily fifth edition has sort of massaged that out and you don't necessarily yep. know, you can literally to... hate someone so hard that you get superpowers yep. it's it's really vengeance <laughs> yeah. paladin man who actually they, they've actually boiled the paladin in 5e down to one of its core idea which is you're an extremely uh you have an extreme honor and duty to whatever you have focused on that whatever that thing may be, you're really all about Your it. Your hate and this boner is, is so hard it gives you right. magic powers. It's not about yes. a god or even a structure of faith. It's about what you truly feel is your duty to do in the world. And that gives you superpowers. And of course, from a sort of a, a, a quote-unquote historical perspective, uh, gaming and religion has been... Uh, Tied up with one another, uh, with a satanic panic. Boy, oh boy, they keep bumping into each other. Yeah, and it's not great. Um, Oh, oh, can we tell? I have a, I have an actual story about. Oh, do it. I have a real story about someone, uh, like approaching me on the topic, and it actually ends okay. So I was sitting around playing Magic: The Gathering in gym class, as as one does, Mm -hmm. and a, a lovely young lady comes up to me and is like, "Hey, I was wondering if I could talk to you guys a second about, um." you know, about something important. And it's like, uh, okay. And so she hands me a pamph, like a print off that has the cover of the PHP three Oh on it. And is like, like has some other, I didn't read it. And she's like, just talking about like the day, like the, the dangers of these types of games. And I'm like, I see. Well, we're playing magic, the gathering. And I know people who do play dun- I have played Dungeons and Dragons before, or I have at that point have played Star Wars mm-hmm. tabletop basically Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, and I can tell you honestly, here's what our general evening is like. And unlike most religious people, she just sat who are zealous about this mm. sort of thing. She actually sat and listened to what I had to say, and then we were friends for four years. Nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, see, it's that's okay good. sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> 
but yeah, no, that that whole nonsense has been like the low key inspiration of uh, the only the only time I'll ever dip my toe back into buffer larping is if I could get uh, the Let's Worship Satan larp going. <laughs> um, like you got really, the Christian campground around yeah, the, the corner, Christian man. Cra- yeah, exactly. Like uh, it's it's so tongue in cheek that like you know the, 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 there's a digging a hole through my cheek. But you know it's like, it's like an old school larp where you have Ye King that gives. Ye- uh, ye proclamations, and you have to call upon our Lord Satan. No, no, no. Satan is the king. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it's it. An NPC that comes into town every now and then to give out quests and rewards and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, you have and to it, do pentagrams and yeah, exactly. And, stuff. and it's all yeah. it's all literally about worshiping Satan. I, I played a soul I played a soul merchant for five years, yeah, I'm man. I'm well aware, man. I'm well aware. <laughs> it's but great. Like no, it's, that was always fun when we would be out because there's a couple of LARP sites that's just like you, you and the public do not get a barrier. Uh, so my story about that's interesting. Oh, too. I'm sorry. Yeah, you yeah, go yeah. ahead. With, since uh, doing my that. story about that, well, not me personally, but this is the story handed down from many years of playing uh, he, solar and legends and he stuff speaks like the apocrypha then. yeah the the old stuff is like remembering back because a lot of the campsites are like down south in south georgia mm-hmm. um and so you're kind of in the boonies when you do and the stairs that some people would get because in one of the races uh i forgot what they were called but they were red and horned they look like demons uh guys on his way home stopped with his buddy to get food, but he was still in full makeup because he oh, just didn't no. want to deal with it. Because that's an ordeal, taking a full shower and getting everything off. You can't. Some of these sites aren't that well furnished, and you don't want to do it. Or maybe demon he life, early. man. Yeah. That so he life. just the looks he got just by looking like that <laughs> were a thing. Um, well, yeah. they think you're making a statement when you're super not just you're just you're, lazy. You're just lazy. You're just lazy. And I'm hungry and I want some food. Just I know I look like a demon. Just, just deal. It. I'm it's not fine. real. I'm not real. Well, I am. Wait, oh, am I real? Shit. Am I real? Oh God! What is real? Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, and uh, so going on, like, keeping on the out of play religion stuff. Uh, sometimes players have issues with it. Yes. Um, like there was this one instance. Uh, not going to name any names, but I had a player uh, in a vampire larp that I was playing uh, who was playing a member of the Circle of the Crone, uh, which are the super pagan. Uh, like vampires that reject every every explanation about the origin of vampirisms, the origin of the world, that have anything to do with the Abrahamic God. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, our setting was even super more about that because it was sort of a melding of Requiem and uh, uh, Masquerade. Yes. So Lilith was directly involved with the the, the circle. circle of the crone. And-, uh, and and one of my players, like after like a couple of months worth of playing after just some sort of natural thing, she just, she's like, no, I worship God. I worship the God of Abraham and all of that. I was just like, oh shit, you don't, that's not how, hmm, I had to have a very long conversation with them about how that's, that's not, that's not okay in the setting. Yeah. Uh, Like that they wouldn't, they, they would never have, if they had known about that, they would have never let you in. Right. Uh, They would, they wouldn't have done anything about it, but now that you're in, if they find out, yeah, that's a problem, yep. and I don't necessarily want to have that story of that yeah. sort of religious persecution within within yep. the, the things so we had to we had to negotiate, and they were like they were like they, eventually they it, it was this weird block in their head because they were actually very religious person but was still down for role playing, mm-hmm. um, and they just like do I actually have to do any rituals or anything like that? I'm like no, no it's all role playing. It's all role playing. You don't have to make any prayers. You don't have to do anything. We can hand wave any sh- anything you don't want to 
partake indirectly, but I don't want to get into this situation. I don't, A, want to get into the situation where the NPCs that you're interacting with find out that you're basically a heretic, according to them. Mm-hmm. Like, they they have a very loosey-goosey believe what you want, but they very specifically don't want... Yeah, because this is the dark... Because also, this is the Dark Ages. This is the height of... This is the beginning of the height of the Catholic Church yeah. and the persecution of non-Catholics. So, yeah, that's a problem because that that will be a very, very real threat to mm-hmm. you and yours. Exactly. Uh, at the same time, I didn't want to, uh, you know, I didn't want to hand wave the setting away. Yeah. And say like, oh, no, these the vampires would be totally cool with you doing the one thing that they explicitly don't want to have that going on in their sex. Yeah, this is, they, like, they aren't hippie 60 hippie. Yeah, no, it's like no, these are these are blood witches and I don't want to I don't want to water down the setting by making that for you. That's, you know, it made it very explicit in the core book. Like this is what these people are about. I'm like, "How did you not get- How did we not have this convert like I like we both assumed some things and like mm. That was a weird conversation. Well, it sounds like it's a conversation that you shouldn't have had to have Yeah, because by reading the source material Read your packet. Apparently, they never did. Read the packet. Yep. Yeah, also, it's also it's the idea of why the idea for session zero and mm. really starting. Make sure you have a dialogue, if you can, one way or another, email, in person, whatever. Well, this was a parlor LARP, so. Yeah. Mm. But they should, should go. They still could have emailed you or talked to you privately at some future point when they were like making the character and asked a few questions, or you could have asked them a few questions. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's one of those things of like you're playing a part of the pagan sect. It's one of those things that you assume. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, but oh, that goes into sort of more in-play discussion of uh, of religions, particularly yeah. uh, Vampire the Requiem actually dealt with religion a lot more heavily than Vampire the Masquerade. Because there's literally two factions, yeah, there's two that, factions were that were very all, heavy yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. And both had, and here's interesting, since we're talking about in-play faith, let's mm-hmm. talk about that, the idea of faith in your game. I think one of the first questions you kind of have to ask yourself as a GM is if and this is assuming that you're playing like a custom world, like something you're designing mm-hmm. versus or a game you're going to play. Is the faith, quote unquote, real? As in, it, it it's the, the god or gods ex- actually do exist. They actually intervene. They actually have an impact in the world because that starts flavoring out everything else. Well, also, it also is the question of. When you have things like spirits and and other things, are these gods just really powerful spirits, or are they the things that the people who believe in them think they are? And it's all about comes down to the definition of what is a god. Going back to Aberrant, that is a that is a question that gets bantered around a little bit in some of the setting. It's just the idea of what defines a god, what is faith, and then from there, what is faith? Is faith something just you believe in, or do you really have faith if it's not validated in some way? Um, or yeah, I'm just saying that if I got superpowers from praying, I'd do it every day. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. No, we talked about the meta before. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude. I know, I know that like Yahweh has been treating you well, but you really need to check out the new Shiva expansion. <laughs> like, I think it'll be able to do the thing you're do you you like doing a lot a more lot efficiently. Better. Yep, two extra arms really helps. Two extra arms. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no, it would be true. It would be true if we got legitimate superpowers. And and that's what I think one of the cornerstone questions you have to ask is what is your mythology? What is your theology? And is it real or not in within the game? Because if it isn't, 
you create a situation where you can have believers, but their belief may or may not be validated. That's something they tried to do in an old wad a lot is it's valid to a degree. Maybe if you want to I mean the faith, they a true faith was always a thing and has mm-hmm. always been codified, but it's always been kind of on the fence as just like, okay, is it some being channeling through this person mm-hmm. that allows them to fucking slap your head off? Or is it the the sheer force of their will mm-hmm. lets them bend reality? Their myopic belief in this well, one the, thing. Well, the thing about World of Darkness specifically is that you re- if you really want to understand what's going on, you have to look at it through the mage combination of the mage and the werewolf perspective yes um and like some of the shit that they did with like well okay how do the vampires you know this mythology of cain and and abraham and how does that track with how do you have a biblical time scale with the fact that you know the earth is billions of years old yeah and sort of like one of i actually drilled down on this did some research on that and like sort of the canonical answer is that there are multiple time streams that interact. Well, the mages are well known oh, yeah. for dicking around in time. Absolutely. So it's like it's along the lines of in one version of reality, the world is 6,000 plus years old. Right. Uh, and all of these mythical things happened along that time scale. In the other version of reality, um, you know, in the, the hard, is, more hard uh, determinism. The, the world is billions of years old. We evolved naturally, and some and dumb shit are, happened at some point, at some and maybe point, they went smoosh. Yeah, and 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 like the timelines diverged. Well, probably around the time of the industrial revolutions, a lot of thing went smoosh. Uh, and when when because a lot because the core thing about the world of darkness is its consensual reality. What the majority of humans believe becomes real. mostly real even though even even the weird stuff becomes subconscious in their mind mm-hmm. they may not actively believe it mm-hmm. but subconsciously they believe so, it and becomes a part so of reality if the majority I've, of humans believe a thing then that is reinforced but the weird the weird part about that is you have the umbra which have spirits which are outside of that oh, yeah. they're not dictated by what humans think or do not think it's like when the cats used to be in charge of everything yeah. and then the humans just, anyway <laughs> like in sandman are you indeed um no the uh, that's a very good way because another way you can look at that from a old wad perspective is also the idea of yeah this was before time was codified like the idea the concept of time was codified therefore Things that you, oh, 6,000, 6 billion. Who cares? What does it matter? Well, that's also the, it's like, okay, 6,000. We can do what, we can do what, you know, the double thinkers do or the, you know, the Christian scientists will do sometimes. Be like, well, I mean, okay, so say let's throw out that time scale that that one monk decided was true a long time ago. How these people come on, they don't know, <laughs> they don't fucking know. Well, it's like, like, so you think of time as multiple intersecting rivers, and then you have to contend with the fact that it's not just a flat plane, it's a sphere of all of these multiple, intersecting unlike the earth, which is flat. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely, totally. Uh, don't drill down too far. No, I've seen, uh, I've seen some videos that yeah, are seen, very convincing, very convincing videos. You should, you should have yeah, a look. There's no the non stops between, uh, there are no non stops, yeah. not a one. <laughs> Except when there are. Except when there are. As the first search result. Yeah. And uh, so, but let's get, but once you answer the question of, is the faith real? Is it part of your reality and how you want to dictate it? You also have to look at what is its impact on your, the setting? What is Mm -hmm. it? If it's real, like I say, D&D, gods are real, very real, and they have clerics. They are unfortunately real. They are are sometimes real to the point of it being a huge issue. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, and uh, the part the gods play, look at the old school Forgotten Realms pantheon stuff versus what is the modern day stuff. Very different. Very, Boy, very were there fingers. Ooh, so many fingers and so Open many pies. Open the pies. Yeah, um, one thing that I wanted to point out that I really like that's a little bit of an inverse. A lot of people look at from the top down, like gods are here and they kind of go look over the world. Something that Matt Koval has pointed out when he was developing the chain of Akron, one of the things he did was, I don't go from the gods first. What I do is I look at the culture. What cultures do I want to showcase? And then from there, I let the gods spring out from the culture because that's how that's going to happen. Like, you find the gods that reinforce the beliefs of the culture. That's a naturalistic approach. Yeah, if you look at the culture first and then build everything up from that, you'll create a more sort of natural fit rather than trying to fit the world around the gods. I mean, that's an interesting thing. If you look in in sort of real world history, uh, the Egyptian gods... Uh, we're generally okay. Yeah. Uh, and that because the Nile flooded regularly and they had systems of irrigation that were reliable and most... The sun moved and, in a very predictable yeah, pattern. The sun moved, well, I mean, the sun moved in a very predictable pattern no, no matter where you are, so it doesn't really matter for this argument. But um, in general, Upper Egypt was a pretty nice place. I think what Matt meant is that you could predict the weather pretty easily. True enough, yeah. It, it, um, that things were set in time and were codified. Move over a couple of hundred miles to the Tigris and the Euphrates, <laughs> uh, and the Mesopotamian gods were fucking monsters <laughs> because those those rivers flooded randomly, essentially. Uh, you had monsoon seasons. Monsoon, yeah, it's like any place where they're... Look, look to the weather to see how harsh the gods are. Exactly. Same and thing with the Norse gods. They're, they die. Yeah. Because <laughs> you do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because life is... It, it's just general. Brutal. And that that is that is an idea of like you look at the culture and how, what gods did they develop. Uh, and that's a, something, you, as Matt was saying. Uh, so yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, and, and so that... Then you get into the more nitty-gritty of, okay, now that you have the culture, you have the gods... What, and what role they play, how much of that faith plays into your game? Because that's mm-hmm. the that's that's when the rubber meets the road, really, of well, like yeah, for your it, game. It is really like if you have a person of one of the faiths in as a PC, that's a that's a discussion. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, you better hope that whatever your 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 group's up to jives with whatever their yep. their tenants are. And how much friction are you willing to deal with if mm-hmm. it, if it doesn't if it bumps up against that? Because I'll tell you, sitting around for an entire session arguing over the morality of a single action, not fun. (laughs) Not fun. Uh, Another thing to consider is that when you're playing more like modern or uh, sci-fi games, is the idea that maybe there aren't no gods. Right. uh, But people still have faith and Mm -hmm. they still have beliefs in those those settings. Uh, Like whenever I run Aeon or or the Trinity Continuum, I, I... generally start with the baseline assumption that it's a materialist universe there is no magic there is no gods it's you know it, it there's super super science and quantum powers and psi powers uh and things that may have ascended uh thing but there's no sky hooks yeah uh, it's it, well it's it's all it's all uh, cranes not sky hooks you know anything that anything that is godly evolved into that right the 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 there, there's no, there's a greater, greater divinity. Everything can be eventually be explained mm-hmm. through application of the right science. There are still mysteries in the universe, things that could be wondrous and mirac- even miraculous. However, if given a long enough time, you can figure it out. But in that setting, you have people who are of faith, mm-hmm. who are, you know, especially like in in, in Aeon, because it's basically a, basically based on our world. 
you have Christians, you have Jews, you have Muslims, you have Hindus, you have all sort the you have the whole kit and caboodle. In an aberrant era, you have people who start worshiping Novas. Uh, and either Nova's either <laughs> either directly or as avatars of, previous, Some, of, yeah. of other faiths. Yeah, that's a whole subsection, in, in that's going to be in the uh, aberrant book is the idea that there are going to be cults, and a lot of, especially in India, have this idea that these the, these novas are incarnations and representations of the Hindi gods, mm-hmm. and. What impact does that have on the world? And also, and- if you're one of those PCs and some and like, is that something that's a, that's an interesting thing you have to throw at a PC? Is this mortal worships you? Mm-hmm. They think you're, you're a divinity. They think you're a divinity. Scion's completely about that. Oh yeah, but it's a little different if you know that the gods aren't like if you're a Nova and you know, the gods aren't real and the, you just, or you have no reason to believe it or, or no reason to believe that they are, but you've seen things that it's like, no, he literally just rearranges atoms to do what he wants, but that's not magic, magic or God. It's breaking probabilities and messing with the quantum states of things. We have, so, we have math for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, you know, I think the best thing is like, when you ghoul someone in Vampire the Masquerade <laughs> Bloodlines, yeah. do you, how do you do that story again? Oh, you know, like what do oh. you do when you have a faithful, someone yeah, who's rough. completely devoted to you? Do you mistreat them? Do you use them? Do you tell them to get the fuck away from you as fast as possible? And that can have dire consequences for you in the long in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually one of the, the one of the things in the Aberrant book and especially the Terrigen actually straight up deals with is like, well, why shouldn't we be worshiped at gods? We are godlike beings. We, we have all the attributes of gods. Why not indulge in that? And then it's like, oh, yo, okay. Going yeah, to, but you can literally reach you, in someone's brain and make them think what you want what to think. The, ooh, but you, well, part of being a god is you do have to provide for the faithful that Indeed, of a yeah. certain, like, a part of your, what we might refer to as a portfolio for using D&D terms. <laughs> yes. They kind of expect you to do things for them in return for their faith. So. Well, I mean, or you can be a terrible, fearful god that... that you will, do things out of to placate me rather than in, uh, to, to want me to do things. You don't make daddy get out of his things. chair. Yeah, exactly. Don't make daddy get out of his chair. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but regardless of that, that's important. And definitely at the beginning of, of, of a game that you're running, you need to have the conversation about faith. Especially if you know you're going to start playing with things of faith in the game. Yeah, if or faith is a part of the game. If it's something you intend to interact with in the least. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just something you need to talk through. Yeah, we're lucky in the D D game that me and Ryan are part of, the Mad Mage stuff, no <laughs> one here is a thing of faith. Like we don't have a we don't have cleric, we don't have a I paladin, mean, we don't have anyone like Yeah. That. I mean Crane's materialistic in that he like he understands magic's real and gods are real, but he's a monk, man. He's, yeah. He didn't. I, I'm a I have the most probably one of the he actually my character actually has a faith in one of the Gorf gods and it's a part of him, but it's very Mur- low key thing. Mur- Murph's doesn't have faith so much as she has a deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like to strike a deal. Well, you know, and you you make a deal with an archangel and yep. it gives you super superpowers. Who doesn't know. want superpowers? I mean, really, come on. Uh, yeah, so what else can we say about how to handle faith in a game and how to deal with that? Uh, obviously... Always be cool. I don't know. Oh, yeah, be, cool yeah, be respectful um, unless it's obviously a, a, a hostile situation. And then well, I mean, that's, and that's then, something yeah, else It's entirely. okay to run the persecution role. Yeah. It's okay to have that game. You just have to make sure you're not making anyone have a bad time mm-hmm. because as a person who's been on the receiving end 
of the persecution storyline it's it's interesting it's a very interesting experience and it was just enough to where i'm like i can deal with this and i can rage against it and i can fight back against it you get a little further it's like i think i want to go home now <laughs> uh, i mean i had one i remember one specific instance where i was on the sheaving and i wanted to play a i was new to this group i knew these people they were friends of mine but i hadn't really gamed with them and i went over and was like oh, i'm gonna we're playing dark ages cool i'll play a like a paladin i'll actually have true faith and i'll play basically you know but everyone else out of play were very much not christians mm-hmm. and they were very much using their characters uh and they're literally uh was it chemistry from the radness chemistry yeah Shim- using chemistry to fuck with my faith Oof. and like let me see visions of like angels and stuff and like oh. making mockery of it and i was like this is super awkward, guys. I just want to play this dude. He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna be. I was gonna make it. Your, I wasn't gonna make it your problem. I wasn't gonna make your problem. It's just the thing keep he's doing, all about. But keep they, doing it though. About to make it your problem. Uh, and I, obviously, it didn't last very long. That was not a good group to be a part of for that particular. Well, game anyone that, who it's like, characters. and of course, like, I I just feel like there was a point at some point that we decided that it was okay to talk to each other about how we feel about stuff. Yeah, and. I feel like if you had tried to have that conversation beforehand, they would have like, I don't know, made mouth farts or something. Uh, it, it, I mean, we were all very, we were in high school. It, oh, this is high well. school mentality. Oh, you mean Maturity, teen- yeah. oh, also, teenagers, like, they're assholes. Also, Got it. this is back in the 90s, which is the heyday of of, of, of the the ebbing of the satanic panic. But that's still very much a part of the land, social landscape. And so you end being a role player, that means you are part of certain groups of people. Most of those people are not devout Christians or of any any of the uh, large faiths in the world. They are it, when the, we run, they're your they are your <laughs> neo pagans. They are your your satanists, it, and they're it, a, it, it, you run up all against in the an actual thing. Christian in in tabletop role playing or role playing. And when you run into an actual like goes to church Christian, it's actually kind of unusual. Yep. And, and that's fine. Like, I mean, as as it becomes more popular, that it you get more and more. Those like, those I have known in within our circles are lovely people. Yeah, absolutely, they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, another well, another aspect that you can talk about is uh, when you know things like the Sabbat, where you have a dark faith. Oh boy, howdy! Being the priest of the dark faith. Yeah, that's and, when and you, a lot of people like those storylines because they're fun. kind of sexy. They're fun. Well, Matthew and I, we played some very religious characters in the Sabbat game. Yeah, uh, I got. You into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Matthew. Matthew kind of he. My character was already faithful, but it was in kind of this Euro trash, trendy kind of way. Yeah, like you were you were toting the party line mm-hmm. because that was what you did. Because you were also a politically ambitious. Oh person. God, yes. And so you towed the party line because that's just what the higher ups expected of you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where my character was dying the wool. I believe in a thing. Mm-hmm. And you got me into it, and uh, it was interesting because the character character still remained incredibly politically ambitious. Ended up being the Archbishop, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which was, oh my God, yeah, that was Always helps up. being the mentor of the Archbishop. Indeed you know? it was, yeah. <laughs> running, <laughs> running up against, the, like, running a Sabbat game with someone of an actual, like, faith in your party, like, real world, uh, like, you, I don't know. Like, you got, that, like, as you have to check that shit at the door. Yeah, that's uh, like, there, a, there, uh, there, yeah. There's a measure of certain games will require the idea that everyone is very much informed about the, the subjects you will be handling, yeah, and I that just everyone's can't cool with handling those. Well, I mean, I, yeah, it's, there's it's also... It's really an experience thing, like, you would have to walk... I'm sorry, Scott, I interrupted good, you. Yeah, but it's, it's also, um, like, specifically in, in Sabat, and uh, also a little bit in Requiem, they they deal with that with this idea that you can be 
a Christian, like the La Sombra, a lot of them were still very, Christian. Very Christian, yeah. They believed in God and in Christ, but they believed that God had that they that the covenants between man and God were no longer applicable in in vampire. You had a different arrangement with I, God uh, yeah. than you did when you're breathing days. Uh, very similar to vampire. Because you're not a man anymore, therefore you are trans- you're, you've moved on past that particular problem. Like you are supposed to be an agent of evil. You are supposed to tempt and test the faith and will of man. Um, I mean, one of the, the La Sombra uh, clan book, mm-hmm. I, I believe the, the through story was someone who picked someone, mm-hmm. broke them down bit by bit, and then embraced them. And mm-hmm. just that the very interesting story there. Mm-hmm. I love the La Sombra. I think they're fantastic. Oh, they're fantastic. I, 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 they're much more infernal in the in the newest iteration, right? In the fifth ed, there's a lot uh, of... No. There's, there's more... There's more back-end stuff that they can do or are a part of because they have the abyss mysticism stuff, which deals directly with their ties to the other this other plane of existence that not a lot of other well, entities they, deal with. This, it's not infernal. It's They have explicitly linked the abyss um, and uh, obtenebration to the oblivion of the underworld mm-hmm. in Wraith. So it's a, the, uh, yes, it is explicitly sort of like semi-necromantic. Gotcha. So it's not like you're dealing with demons. It's it is your like you. For those of you who don't know shit about Wraith, first of all, take your fucking Xanax. Um, <laughs> uh, the the notion of Wraith is that um, you know you you die, but you don't pass on to where most yes. people pass on because you have things, fetters, passions that tie you to the world. Yeah. Uh, but so you enter into this very perilous under uh, you know half. A half afterlife. Yeah, uh, that you know you're trying to overcome. You're 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 very much in the realm of the dead. You're in the realm of the dead, and so you're trying to live this this half existence uh, where you either reach some sort of stasis, but there's also this thing called the oblivion, yep. which is a it's a, it's sort of a half omnipresent force, half like actual location. Yep. Um, that is just it's also always in you. It's too. always in you as well, and it is you're you're trying to either reach stasis actually move on yeah or you will eventually be dragged into just pure nothingness and your soul your soul will just be shredded into nothingness and that nothingness is what the la sombra pull upon yes yeah it's real fucked up and then they but they've also expanded it because they spray soul goo everywhere yeah they do well they spray anti-soul goo yeah it's, it's it's raw it's raw ego death it's raw like breaking things down on on a fundamental That's level so and metal i know yeah uh, and it's the same power that the Hecata, which are the the, the off all the various offshoots of the Cappadocian clan, yep. have, but they deal with it more in a ritualistic way uh, to to actually do necromancy with it. Cool. Uh, which is uh, the fucking Giovanni and the Cappadocians. They also had like the weird dark fate. Yeah, they, uh, faith. We, yeah, uh, because they could directly tap into the uh, oh, hey, buddy. realm of the dead. Uh, oh God! Yeah, oh, the fuck! The fucked up religion of the Cappadocians. Uh, we're going to diabolize God <laughs> that one was, day. Uh, let me be clear. That was Diab- That was Cappadocius himself. Yeah, had that idea. Yeah, but some, he 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 roped all those bitches into it. Uh, they got they got a they got a severe undead hard on for actually figuring out how death worked because they mm-hmm. were trying to basically completely circumvent all of that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Well, the big plan was to diabolize God. Yeah. 
Which, you know, hey. Yeah, you got Lofty goals, man. right? Hey, if you can pull it off, man. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Yeah. Um, I love Little Sombra also because they were deeply connected to the Catholic faith. So if you, you wanted to be have that weird like tension between your faith and but what you do with like what you powers you have and sort of the, the push and pull of it, that's a very good one to have. And then there were the Salubri. Yeah, they were. Oh, I always love the description. The sheep. The, yeah. the sheep of the canites, mm-hmm. the ones like the good ones that get horribly butchered. Oh yeah, absolutely. By everyone. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to what they do with them in V5. Yes, uh, I'd like to see them come back nice and old oh, or robust. Speaking of which, uh, the player's guide when it actually comes out, the one that Mophidius is putting out for yeah. Vampire Fifth Edition, is going to have all thirteen clans. Yay! So oh, hey. Ravnus. Yes. Finally, all thirteen clans are going to be represented and no, playable in the player's guide. Good. Right. Uh, so well, everyone, my check I will out. try to find a link for that somewhere, and I'll put it in the show notes. So everyone find can... someone to run that fucking game for me. <laughs> Eventually, man. It, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely you'll, you'll definitely get on my cam game. Yeah. Um. So the so let's go back to faith and how what what other things can we say about the faith? Maybe the faith of the characters and how that yeah. that they deal with it and how yeah. they should be a part of their story. How much of how much faith do you think should be a part of a char- any given character? I mean, I think it's definitely a trait. I mean, people have faith, people have religions, and people have, you know, things that they believe. The arc of Lawson regaining is always oh, yeah, is always an interesting an interesting one or just, mm-hmm. you know, loss or gain. You know, whichever way you want the curve to go. I mean, also you can look at this because we've been talking mostly from a western perspective. Yeah. Uh, you can look at faith and religion from the eastern perspective where it's really more about well, it's, it's about various things, like, you know, you've got, uh, you know, things that are more like philosophies um, than actual religions. You also have your relationship. It's actually like, yeah, like, uh, like Taoism is like your relationship to everything else. Not just, not like what happens. That's more Confucianism. Um, um, Taoism is more like an enlightenment. Also, if you want to get down on some filial piety, my oh, friends. Yeah, motherfucker. Well, let's just say we're not experts when we talk about that. We're probably going to do some Jack's fucking things wrong. Ryan so, personally doesn't know jack and shit about Eastern religions that much, so I can't really swing in on this conversation yeah, that much. But like, because also the idea is some of the religions, a lot of Western religions deal with like what happens after you die. Some of Eastern ones are a lot less of what happens after you die and more about what's going on right, right here and right mm-hmm. now and your relationship with the here and now and what what you there is an afterlife and this will play parts in it but everything's a part of the structure that you're currently working through focus on the now the, the, the later will take care of itself yeah exactly um and so that's also very important like as as problematic as kindred of the east is there were some Ooh, very doggy. interesting ideas in kindred of the east and i have to preface that it had issues because uh, that happened. They somebody asked uh, in a Q and A for Onyx, but it's like, are we going to see Kindred of the East anytime soon? And they're like, nope, no, not by Onyx Path, probably not by Onyx Path, not not in the way it'd be. We'll it would look. He was like, it would look very different. We'll tell you when we you find remember. the people qualified to write it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When when we get some actual Asian people to write the new Kindred of the East. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that. That is also it's like it's the style of faith that you have. What how active or do they care a lot more about what happens after you die, or do they care about what's going on right here and right now? Which I think a lot of the gods in like D D are a little bit more about the here and now than what happens afterwards. Cause, well, because it's the, the what you, what happens after you die in the, in those worlds can can be a known quantity actually, yes. especially in Forgotten Realms. the The process of 
going through the wheel, as one might put it, is a pretty known quantity. Mm-hmm. You really don't want to be faithless it's in al- Forgotten that, Realms. That theology always always is interesting to me because it's like, okay, if you're faithful, if you're truly faithful, your God will come pick you up from limbo. He'll go. He'll go. He'll come pick you up. He'll honk the horn. And be yeah. like, We're going to the afterlife, kids. It's We're like, stopping for ice cream like, on the what way. If your faith was a really evil dude, it's like, yeah, well, you're, want you're, to you're go going, there? You're going to you're his going plane. To his, yeah. Ugh, hope go- you enjoyed that. Because uh, are you a serious? Hope you like pandemic. Pandemonium. <laughs> Welcome to the blood war. God damn. Or you just, if you are an actual faithless, you Kelimvor comes and picks you up and eats you into a wall. You get eaten into the has, wall. I need to research, but I think I read somewhere they have gotten rid of the wall. That oh, doesn't exist. The wall of the faithless. That's nice. That was really disturbing. Yeah. I think they got uh, rid of it in, in in the latest edition. I think they don't. They've they've tried to move boy, that away. Oh boy, when I was I was reading the I think the Empyrean Odyssey was mm-hmm. where that showed up, or the the series that had Kanir Vok before that. I mm-hmm. read it in the actual Avatar, the Avatar series. The actual right. Avatar series did explain number, the number. Yeah, the number. Afterlife. I think it was Avatar series number four because yeah. it was like the the second two book like the two books afterwards took place after the trilogy but were still very much part of the canon after they had ascended yep. so yeah the wall was in I think four or five and I was just like Gah. yeah if you were in the Forgotten Realms f- back in the day if you were truly faithful so you did not believe in God fucking put your alms in guys yeah. otherwise it's a bad well, and, but what faith in the Forgotten Realms was very easy it's like just believe you don't even have to actively like go worship it's just have to have a belief in one of the gods that just, that just check, check, check a box. Basic. Just check a fucking box. Yeah, like most, box. Pe- like most people in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I remember uh, my, my introduction to that concept, to the, to the Wall of the Faithless and, and how religion works in the Forgotten Realms, was in the big DLC for Neverwinter Nights 2, mm, which really? actually dealt with that shit. Like, you went to the Wall That's... and saw it and dealt with it. Oh, man. I kind of wish they would do it again now, because it's like... Well, you can doing... really you can put some real grandeur on how awful oh, that yeah. is. Yeah, uh, there's well, I mean, Baldur's Gate. That's true. It's coming Baldur's out. Gate three. Uh, I had to do some research. I think they got rid of it. I don't know how canon that is, but it probably is. But yeah, I well, mean, Cosmos has been rearranged three whole I, times. Yeah, actually, Neverwinter Nights two holds up. Like That's if you if you want to play it and go like go through the DLC, you can pick it up super cheap on GOG, uh, and and go through that DLC because it it. Straight, it goes to everything about the wall, about Kalimbor, about the god that came before, uh, and how shitty that situation oh, and is. The, the death gods are so interesting now uh, because you've got because you, you've got Kalimbor, who's the god of kind of basically just the underworld. Nergal became Ner, Nergal, and that setup is no longer. I think he he got full status. Oh uh, no, Kalimbor is the god of the dead. Yargol, Yurgle, Yurgle, you're not Yurgle, Yurgle is the god kind of on the underworld because he's still the scribe of the dead. And then you have Mirkul's back as a full god now. He's sort of the god of death, like killing things, like getting the process of dying eh, is well. his thing. And Kalimvor had to give up a little bit, right? Yeah. No one ever, no god ever stays dead in Forgotten Realms nope. forever. Nope, nope, nope. Ball's back. Come on. Huh? Yeah. Yay. Yeah, it's also like, uh, speaking of witches, can in your game, uh, and this comes up in D&D a lot, can you kill your gods? Your 20th level, probably. Well, that's what, that was actually the big thing about when the uh, original Deities and Demigods book came out. It was a bit of contention, besides having copyrighted material that they didn't have the rights to. <laughs> uh, it was the concept of, if you have stat, if it has stats, you can kill, kill it. it. And a lot of things after that book was published were the idea of people came up with stories of how he killed this god and that god, and it just kind of 
got a little soupy and toxic. I mean, because it's like that's not the point of gods. It's not to fight them. It is there. This was a supplement to what you just to I have know, fun the god, with the God of War. You know, mm-hmm. D&D yeah, yeah. game has, I, I played it. It was, f- I mean, we had 30th level characters and gods are level 40. Yeah. And yeah, you can do yeah, it. You can, yeah, it's it, hard. It, it's <laughs> it's difficult. You got to plan. <laughs> you have to plan. You have to get all your magic Ooh, weapons. But that's, a, that's another question, something we can discuss real quick, because I know we're, we're getting close. Is God dead? Time, but Is God no. Dead? Did we what kill him? Part do, if gods exist in your world, what what part do they play? How interventionist are they? Because Most games would be not much other than the people by which, like, if you're in a game in which clerics are a thing, that much. Yeah. Most games. You are their agents. If the agents do what the agents do. Maybe they have instruction. Maybe they don't. But in most games, unless, you know, it's Scion, in which <laughs> if the gods have nothing to do with anything, what are you doing? Like, why are you playing Scion? Or in Nomine, where, like, you are little literal I mean, angels. And- yep. And there are gods, sort of, because they're both there is God, and then mm-hmm. there are the ethereal gods. Yeah, oh, yeah that's true. They're also there. Because the spirits exist, because Thor and well, them they're, exist. They're dreams. They're now dreams. let's talk about the faith of the outer ones. How about that? <laughs> oh, boy. I can't wait for that. General Yogg-Sothothery. Oh, he, mm-hmm. uh, he has started writing, by the way. He's been, I follow Yay. him on Twitter. Um, and so that's another thing you have to do, because I've noticed a lot in D&D games, as you get higher level, because of the more epic grandeur that you have to challenge your players with, Gods start becoming a bigger and bigger thing, and they start becoming a thing of, well, they're big players, but are they really godly at that point? It always skews toward aberration, man. Yeah. That's what you deal with. At the highest levels, you fight aberrations. You fight aboliths. That's what you fight. Abolus. You fight evil dragons and aboliths. That's what you fight. Um, Well, another game that specifically deals with faith, it's a weird one. It's a small one. It's a weird one. Dogs in the Vineyard. Mm-hmm. You told oh, me about Dogs in the Vineyard. Oh, boy, that's a weird one. Uh, Dogs in the Vineyard, I believe we've talked about it before, but we'll go ahead and talk about it again. Uh-huh. Uh, Dogs in the Vineyard is a weird West game where the Mormons are basically right. Yeah. It, as, as strange as it is... Color my eyebrow raised. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's actually very intriguing. Basically, you. it is basically... you. There's a a bunch of towns that all follow the faith and, and not, it's not explicitly like called out as Mormonism, but it's Mormonism with the feel the, 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 the serial, serial number, number filed off. So there's all these towns and they all follow the faith. And then there's like the outside world, which is godless yeah. uh, and cursed and all this stuff. And you play characters called gods uh, and dogs, uh, which are kind of like they're, Instead of going on mission like the Mormons do, you become a dog um, as, as a calling. And what dogs do is they go from town to town in a, in a little group, um, and they essentially, the way that metaphysics works, God is most certainly real in that game. Like, 100% totally real, and like the, the dictates of the faith are correct. And you're in the weird west so weird shit's going on there are demons out in the world so if a village or a town something if something is going wrong if someone is sinning if someone is breaking the commandments right then that lets demons in mm-hmm. and the more it happens the more it snowballs so dogs are special agents of the church who go around investigate find where the sin is correct it 
one way or, or the another. other. Like they, they're like, the Inquisition. Yeah, they're basically the Inquisition and set things right so that the town can be safe and protected by yep. God. And it's real fucking weird. Uh, I forgot the name of the game. Uh, I remember reading about it in college, and it was set in the idea of you're a human after the biblical revelation. The blues. What? I think it's called The End, yeah. The End, where literally you lived in a world that was falling apart because God brought pulled all his faithful and revelations happened. This is not God's world anymore, and this is definitely not man's world anymore. The old elemental gods were coming back. Some demons had stayed around. Technology was breaking down. It, yeah, basically any anytime, anything that was not actively maintained by a human would break down. Because I was the, like, you have to make that as a thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry, you're not going to lose all the engineers. <laughs> yeah, no. But if if you had if you had a, a group of people and you had someone to man the generator and keep it going, you could have a generator. But if he stopped or something happened to them, it would quickly start breaking down because literally God's mandates of man ruling Earth were revoked. Animals started attacking mankind in droves because one of the one of the ideas dominion is over you, the animals you have dominion the over the animals. Well, this is the notion of the phrase "the meek shall inherit the earth." Yes, was not a good thing for the meek. No, it's it's like oh, and then you had all these people trying to like reunite the world, but there was obviously fucked up things. Also, they had a mechanic that if you were not with other people, mm-hmm. you legitimately went crazy. Like you needed to be around other people, or you would start. Uh, so, going. so entropy got kicked into high. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, the, the God had God removed His grace from the world, yep. and it and he, now, he didn't, now he, this is your game. Like I don't care about this anymore. Yep. Um, and so those are. Uh, I know we went on a couple tangents in it, but that's that's a lot of the things you can deal. There's a lot of the mind here as far as dealing with faith and gods in your game. Uh, obviously, the old, the old adage of be respectful. Don't be yeah. a dick. Don't be a dick, have a session zero, and abide by the things that people say they care about. Yeah, um, and and if things come up that are problematic, or someone says this is problematic, stop, and then have a conversation about that later so that you guys can clear it up. Because we all here to help tell interesting stories, and stories of faith are very important, um, and they need to be a part and of they the can, art. And they can be interesting. Like, yes. I mean, it's an interesting thing to have a bunch of mostly atheists around a table and actually like getting into the mindset of the faithful. Yes. Yep. Um, so, uh, from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hello, everyone. Just wanted to let you all know, if you want to email us, you can at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to get in contact with us via Twitter, you can contact us at polyhedroncast. And if you want to contact me, I am at bioimportance. If you want to get in contact with me directly, I'm at divismallcav. And I'm a hermit, so just email the show, please. Also, in addition, if you really like the show and you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash polyhedron, give us a buck a month, you get a lot more content, and it'll really help us out. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone.